Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Wall Street looked at the latest inflation numbers and pretty much shrugged, and new sanctions on Chinese semiconductor makers are starting to bite. But first, UK Prime Minister Liz Truss is set for a big U-turn. We've got the latest on her economic package that's caused so much chaos. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Liz Truss is preparing to rip up the so-called mini-budget that's caused massive turmoil over the past several weeks. The economic plan was announced last month, and markets immediately recoiled in response to the proposed tax cuts. The British currency tumbled, and the Bank of England took the rare move of buying government bonds to stabilize the gilt market. The FT's economics editor Chris Giles describes a U-turn as catastrophic for Liz Truss's government. It was the central part of her program. It was the reason she got elected. So a U-turn means there's really no reason for Liz Truss to be prime minister anymore. And I think it will be very hard to survive this. A turnaround, a U-turn, is terrible for her political credibility. But no U-turn is almost certainly spell immense market uncertainty because frankly, the numbers in the public finances simply don't add up. Now, Chris, aside from the politics, would a U-turn help calm markets at this point? A full U-turn, that means turning around on all of the unfunded tax cuts, but keeping in place the energy support for the winter, I think would be remarkably effective in at least stopping the financial turmoil That would take away all of the concerns about long-term public finance woes and long-term unsustainability of the public finances. So this U-turn, Chris, is it enough to stop the bleeding or is there going to be some real long-lasting damage here? It's enough, Mark, I think, to stop the bleeding, but there would also be long-lasting damage because you don't go and destroy your credibility one week, and then regain it two weeks later just because you you turned, there would still be a taint of suspicion that this government didn't know how to run an economy effectively, couldn't be trusted, and therefore there would still, I think, be a demand from international investors. And remember, the UK needs international investors because it runs a very large current account deficit, so it needs money to be coming into the country. Uh, you have to pay more for that money because people, there's this sort of taint of suspicion that uh, that they'll try it again, try something maybe seen to be a bit dumb again, and therefore you just have to pay more. It's a little bit like the, the economy's gone from being rather like France to rather like Italy overnight in terms of the international perspective. That's the FT's economics editor, Chris Giles. The latest U.S. inflation numbers came out yesterday, and they were higher than expected. September's Consumer Price Index showed year-over-year inflation rising 8.2%. It didn't seem to bother markets. Here's the FT's Kate Duguid. You know, we had sort of a more typical response immediately after the report. You know, stocks opened lower. 
the two-year treasury yield was up dramatically um, to its highest levels since sort of mid mid 2007, I think it was, and expectations for a 75 basis point interest rate hike in November went to basically 100%. And then stocks recovered all of those losses and, and headed up. Okay, but do we have any sense of why this uptick in the stock market happened? I mean, the, the S&P 500 was up more than 2.5%, Kate. Stocks have been down a lot in recent weeks, you know, so maybe it's that this high inflation print was already priced in. And so the market had gotten as bearish as it could get. And we've had a little bit of recovery since then. It could also mean that, you know, investors are sort of two or three steps ahead, right? That like the idea is that the Fed is going to have to tighten aggressively, continue tightening aggressively. And that will eventually break the economy and the Fed will then have to uh, loosen monetary policy. So really getting ahead of itself there. But I would say there's like also a third idea, which is just that inflation numbers tend to be lagging and shelter costs in particular, which is which was one of the notable upticks. You know, we saw shelter costs, which include housing, rent, that those rose a lot more than expected in the past month. And the thought was that maybe that, that those increases have been lagging or that the data is lagging and reflect an outdated trend. And so maybe we are actually in, we're in a better position now. That's the FT's U.S. Capital Markets correspondent, Kate Duguid. The world's top chip equipment suppliers have stopped doing business with China. It's in response to new U.S. rules that came out last week. The restrictions are trying to stop China from developing advanced semiconductor technologies. It's meant to disrupt Beijing's chip industries. Our Europe-China correspondent, Yuan Yang, describes this round of sanctions as very severe. It is what I consider declaring economic war in this particular sector. And by preventing China from producing its own AI supercomputing facilities and also from producing its own chips, effectively stopping the development of high-end technology in China. So there is this, I would say right now, it's the kind of, the music stops, everyone has to freeze. And then in a few months' time, the U.S. might come down from that initial position. Companies might feel a bit more emboldened to do some, some work with Chinese customers. But if the U.S. does proceed along the current strategy of choking Chinese access to high-end chip making and high-end chips, then the economic impact will be felt decades into the future. And how has Beijing responded? Beijing has been prepared for a long time to see uh, measures like this. And that has become, ironically for the U.S., a great argument for the Chinese government to say to its own engineers, look, this is not the time for international engagement because the U.S. wants to keep China down. And I think over the last few years, more and more people in the chip-making industry who are not from backgrounds that, you would, that would be you know, traditionally very uh, highly nationalist have come around to that quite nationalist point of view because they see that there is no way around if you want to develop as a nation and you're met with U.S. sanctions. Isn't this going to be hard for European and Asian companies who now can't sell to China? Yeah, um, hard for them is an understatement because the tendrils of U.S. sanctions reach so far into the, into the global market because so many companies are connected to the U.S. And so these companies are kind of are caught between um, you know, a rock and a hard place. China is an important and ever-growing market for them. 
and they also don't want to violate U.S. rules. That's the FT's Europe-China correspondent, Yuan Yang. Before we go, Netflix chief executive Reed Hastings never wanted to break up your binge-watching with ads. But yesterday, his streaming service announced a cheaper subscription option starting next month in a dozen countries, but you gotta put up with some commercials. Hastings needs to boost subscriber numbers. Earlier this year, Netflix reported its first loss in subscribers in a decade, and investors pummeled the stock in response. The new cheaper plan with ads seems to be a hit, though. Netflix shares rose more than 5% yesterday. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Kalman. Special thanks to James Politi for his reporting in Michigan for our midterm series. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.